Let's open our Bibles tonight to the book of Romans, and we're going to look at Romans chapter 12 to begin with. Praise God. We're going to talk a little while tonight on renewing the mind. And I heard this phrase, and I thought it was kind of funny, that renewing the mind is like taking a shower. You always have to keep doing it. You just need to keep doing it and keep doing it. Otherwise, you'll end up with stinking thinking. In Romans chapter 12 and in verse 1, it says, And be not conformed to this world. Philip says, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. The message says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. One translation says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Now, the Amplified Version says this, and I like this. He says, we can be changed by the entire renewal of our mind by its new ideals and its new attitude. If you will change your mind and get your mind renewed according to the Word of God and change your words, you can change your life. And one of the greatest evidence, evidences of a renewed mind is transformation and change. And change involves letting go of some things, getting rid of some things, subtracting some things, and then adding some things to our lives. Now the scripture that we're going to look at is Ephesians chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 22 through 24. Ephesians chapter 4. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation. Now the word conversation there means your manner of life or your old way of living. So put off concerning the former conversation, and the Bible calls it the old man. You know now that you're not a old man, you are now a new man in Christ Jesus. You have become a new species that has never existed before in Christ Jesus. And it says, this old man is corrupt according to his deceitful lusts, And verse 23 says, and be renewed where? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, this new creation. And I like this, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, on the inside of you, you have been made right with God. On the inside of all of us, we have the potential to walk in holiness on the outside. Because He's already separated us from the kingdom of darkness, put us into the kingdom of God, and on the inside, you are righteous and you are holy. Amen? And so then, all of us should embrace change rather than resist it. You're already new on the inside... Now, what we need to do is let what's on the inside affect the outside. The way that we talk, the way that we live, and the way that we walk. Now, I want you to notice a very important verse of Scripture. I think that has been misunderstood in many quarters. In Philippians, the second chapter, in the 12th verse, he says this, Wherefore, my beloved 
as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. I want you to read the rest of it with me. Ready? Read. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I want you to notice it doesn't say work for your salvation. The work for our salvation was already bought and paid for. And we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. Not of us trying to work for it. Not of us trying to attain it in our, in our humanity. Thank God it was attained through Jesus Christ. But there's a difference between working for and working out. Now every one of us were born, right? And when we were born, we were all given muscles. Right. Now that we have muscles, it's up to us what we do with our muscles. Some people really work them out. Some don't work them out at all. I was sitting next to a guy on the jet yesterday that, I mean, he looked like Hulk or something, man. He was big. And I said, how does it feel to be the strongest guy on the jet? And he just kind of laughed at me. But he was very well cut and he was very well tuned because he had done the work that he felt like was necessary for him to do. Now, as again I said, you didn't work for your salvation. You were born again. But now that you are, it's our responsibility to work out what's on the inside so it can show up on the outside. And so it has to do with cultivation. Now, the Amplified Version says it this way. Continue to work out your salvation. That is, cultivate it. Bring it to its full effect. Actively pursue spiritual maturity. How many of you are interested in growing up spiritually? Now, growing up spiritually does not happen automatically. It happens by our cooperation of the indwelling Holy Spirit who lives on the inside. He's going to help us, but He's not going to do it for us. And so it's our responsibility to cultivate, to tend to, to make sure that we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, that we grow in the love of God, that we grow in the peace of God. Folks, there's nothing like heaven on the outside what already belongs to you on the inside. Hallelujah. We used to sing a song, someone on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Can you shout amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now notice here's some scriptures in Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter. It talks about this battle between the flesh and your spirit. It says in verse 5, But they that are after the flesh, now notice this phrase, they do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, in other words, those that are cultivating what's on the inside of them, they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. So all of us need to ask ourselves on a regular basis in our lives, where's our mind at? Where is my mindset today? Minded is what you keep your mind on. We could say it this way, that the mind is the connector. What you think on is what you will connect with. 
which you put your mind on, you open your spirit to. Now notice in verse 7. Go ahead and read it with me. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Now the word enmity there simply is hostility. How many of you know there's a difference between a carnal mindset and a spiritual mindset? Now notice with me in verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh, they that live their lives as if they were never born again, are carnally minded, and they cannot please God. Do you know the main reason why you were created? Do you know what your purpose in life is? And for His pleasure, we are and were created. Many people do not have a revelation of their creation. But once people get a revelation of their creation, they can get on the path to pleasing God. And when you please God, and you know that He's pleased, I mean the sky's bluer. The grass is greener. Life is sweet. When you live to please Him. But I can't please Him. And you can't please Him living life in the flesh. And so a spiritual mindset is a mind that is set on God's Word. Just back up a minute. For thy pleasure. For His pleasure. All seek their own, not the things which are Christ Jesus. For His pleasure. Did you know that we can wake up in the morning and we can talk to Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Father? And say, Father, what would please you today? The Father gets great pleasure in you and in me when we sell out to Him. Glory to God. That's a whole series right there. And so every believer then is responsible for setting and changing their mindset if their mindset is carnal. We find this in the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2. You guys are great readers. Would you help me tonight? Let's read verse 1 and 2 together out of the Amplified. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing His resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now notice verse 2. Wow, this is so good. And set your minds and keep them set. Say it like this. Set your mind and keep them set. Whoo, hallelujah. On what is above. The higher things. The things that please God. Not 
on things on the earth. And so our thoughts then must be set on things that are higher than the things below, the things of this world. Again, let me remind you of Romans 8, 6, which says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here is one of the characteristics of a man or a woman who has a renewed mind. One of the greatest characteristics is a person that is full of peace. A peaceful mind. Not an anxious or a fearful mind. See, a focused and carefree mind leads to perfect peace. Say that with me. A focused and carefree mind leads to perfect peace. We see this over in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. It goes on to say, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. That's shalom, shalom. Perfect well-being. Amen. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or who's set on thee. Why would we set our mind on him? Because we're relying on him. We set our mind on him because him is the way to live and because we trust in him. Now notice with me in verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord one day, every day. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we roll all our cares on you. Thank you, Lord, that we can live a fear-free, care-free, worry-free, anxiety-free life. We're trusting in you. We're relying on you as we set our hearts and set our minds on you. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it tells us what we're to think on and what we're to meditate on. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of what? If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, do what? Set your mind on those things. So if something comes into our mind that doesn't line up with that list, we've got a bouncer, right? It's the name of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the Word of God. And we can cast those things down and cast those things out. Amen. Amen. And so we need to ask ourselves, what are God's thoughts about what I'm currently facing? currently facing. How many of you know there's circumstances from yesterday, but there's current circumstances? And there'll be circumstances tomorrow. So we need to find out what God's thoughts are. What does the Word say? I know what they say, but what does He say? 
always side in with the Word of God. And believe it and say what He has said. In Proverbs 18.21, this is a vital verse of Scripture, talks about death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we're faced with death, we're faced with life, and the Scripture tells us to choose life. Making that choice regularly, consistently, and daily I'm not going to live my life in fear, yielding to those thoughts of death, those thoughts of disease. I'm not going to live there. I'm going to live on the life side. I'm not going to live on the sad side of the street. I'm going to live on the happy side of the street. Now, you can live over there on sad street if you want. It's available to us every day. But we can make the choice, we're going to live over here on Happy Street. We're not going to live on Defeat Avenue. We're going to live over here on Victory Boulevard. We're not going to live over here on Barely Get Along Street. We're going to live over here on Wealthy Avenue. Hallelujah. Because He's made us the head, not the tail. He's made us above and not beneath. We come behind in no good thing. The greater one lives in us. And so if we will say what he has said, we will have what we say. Well, I know the doctor said, but I also know the great physician said. Nothing wrong with knowing what the doctor said, but you need to know what the great physician has said. And the great physician has a proven record. He said, I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord who healeth thee. Can you raise your hands and say, Thank God. You are the Lord that heals me. What about the economy? What about the economy? You know? Good one day, bad with the next. Hey, but heaven's economy is always stable. It is a sure investment. As you give, it will be given unto you. As you sow, you'll reap a harvest. Amen? He said he'd meet our needs. Amen? So we could go down the list on all of these things that have been said to us, but what are God's thoughts? Amen? So what we set our mind on, if we activate that in faith through the Word of God, it will literally control the direction of our lives. As a man thinketh, In his heart, so is he. You can change your life by changing your mindset. Now there's two sources of thoughts. God's thoughts and Satan's thoughts. And Satan's greatest weapon is suggestion. He wants us to worry so that he gets us outside of a spiritual mindset so that he can gain access into our lives. And he tries to do that through the mind. The mind is the arena of faith. But look over here in Ephesians 4.27. Did you wear your shouting clothes tonight? You're looking pretty happy in the house. Amen. I'm happy in the house tonight. 
I love this place because it's his place. Burger King had an ad years ago. I love this place. Well, I love his place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't have to say, where's the beef in this church? We know where the beef is. We don't have more bun than burger in this house. I think I just dated myself. But I think I've got some people that know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ephesians 4.27. Let's read it together. Amen. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give don't just sit there and think his thoughts all day long. These thoughts of terror, these thoughts of fear and torment. Just don't sit there and think on that. Open your mouth. Don't give him any access. Don't give him a foothold into your soul. For you have the mind of Christ and you have a sound mind. Amen? Don't let those talking heads talk you out of what you know is true. Talk, 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 talk. Thank God we talk. We talk God talk. We talk in the Spirit. We pray in the Holy Ghost. We keep ourselves built up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? So what do you say we keep the door closed? Keep the door closed. You're not welcome here. I know what you're saying, but I'm saying what God has said. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as we wind down here in a moment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, notice with me in, I believe it's verse 3. He says, for the weapons, for though we walk in the flesh, how many of you know we ain't worn after the flesh? Man ain't our enemy. Demon-possessed men with demons in them or oppressed men, we're not targeting men, we're targeting the enemy. So we're, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now notice verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal will never defeat a spiritual enemy with a carnal mindset and with carnal weapons. The only way that we will keep him under our feet is with a spiritual mindset and the weapons of our warfare. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Mm. Thank God. God Almighty, El Shaddai, has given us mighty weapons. They're mighty through God. Now notice this. To the pulling down of strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a house made with thoughts. We take God's word and we pull those strongholds down. Notice in verse Five or six, whatever it is, casting down imaginations. Tony Cook says it this way. 
you're either casting down imaginations or imaginations are casting you down. Casting down. Where do these images come from? They come from the devil. Where do they belong? Down here. Because they come from down there. And they belong right here under our Holy Ghost toes. Casting down. Casting down. Every image. Every thought. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yea, has God said, you shall not surely eat? They didn't cast that down. They yielded to the temptation. But we've learned, haven't we? We've learned where those thoughts are coming from. And we've learned to take our place and take our dominion and cast them down and refuse to think those thoughts. Amen. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Just get it right back in line. How many of you know we're not helpless victims? We don't have to be recipients of those thoughts. We can choose to stop our thoughts and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Joyce Meyer says, the battlefield is your mind. But we can win the battle over our mind every time. And here's what we can do. When these things come, we need to learn to resist them. Resist them. What does James 4, 7 say? Who can quote it for me? James 4, 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God, His Word. Resist the devil, and the devil, if he feels like it, will leave. He might just leave you next week. No. Submit yourself to God. That's our part. Resisting the devil is also our part. And he... Once he's resisted, he'll flee from you. Dad Hagen used to preach the word flee there. means he'll run from you as in terror. So there's this resistance that we must do. But then it doesn't stop there. Once we resist, we need to replace. What are God's thoughts about this? So replacing what we're resisting with God's thoughts has to do with telling ourselves the truth. We've got to know the truth. If we don't know the truth, we won't be able to resist the lies. Truth overcomes lies. And so whatever comes our way that is contrary to this book, the B-I-B-L-E, we've got to know it. And we've got to embrace it and meditate on it and hold fast to it so that when we replace those thoughts, we can replace it with thus saith the Lord. That's what Jesus did. 
When he was in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, he was tempted how many times? times. Was it three times? He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then what was the next temptation? He tempted him with, you know, death or whatever. He tempted him. He said, I'll give you the whole kingdoms of this world. And the last thing that Jesus says to him, it is also written, devil, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. (laughs) And did you know your God that he was talking about lives in you? And so we need to get bold and sassy when those lies come and then replace them with the life-changing word of the living God. And that's enough for tonight. I hope you got fed something good in Jesus' name. Amen.